shock the system. Welcome to Dank Discussions with your host, Calican CEO, Maynard Breslow. In each episode, you'll learn from the trailblazers, leaders, entrepreneurs, and influencers in the ever-moving, ever-growing cannabis industry. We at Calican are passionate about cannabis and CBD marketing, branding, SEO content, and web design. If you are a cannabis owner and you know you need an uptick in business or an upgrade in the way your customers perceive you, come check us out at calican.com and schedule a time to speak with us today. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to Dank Discussions. Today, we're joined by Mark Brannigan. Mark is the co-founder of Diesel Hemp. Thanks for joining us today, Mark. Uh, you're most welcome. It's a pleasure to be on your show. Uh, it's a pleasure. Really grateful to have you on. Um, you know, it's uh, got a lot of great stuff. You've been doing this for 30 years. You know what you're doing over here. So a lot of great stuff that we're going to be going over today. Um, you know, obviously your background, what you've been doing the last 30 years, how it's led up to diesel hemp and all the great stuff you got going up with diesel hemp. I'm talking about that, but also talking about, you know, breeding terpenes. I think, you know, uh, this kind of resurgence, you've been doing this for 30 years, right? So this resurgence, I, I'm hoping at least to this, you know, focus on terpings and not just kind of like, uh, you know, potency and everything like that, that we've been seeing uh, previously, maybe the last uh, few years. So um, talking about, you know, everything like that and a lot of fun stuff talking about diesel hemp. And of course, talking about how you've been growing diesel hemp um, and uh, bringing some value there to people owning businesses. So a lot of cool stuff to go over here. Um, I guess, you know, as I uh, always uh, say, we'll start it off easy, right? So let our listeners know where you're based out of today. Sure. Uh, you know, right now I'm in uh, South Florida. Um, my, my family lives here, but our, our, our business is uh, in Colorado. You know, obviously Colorado's kind of grand ground zero for cannabis, um, not including Cali. Cali's just a world of its own, right? Because <laughs> Cali's a real ground zero of cannabis. Um, but, you know, as far as the, the legal front, uh, Colorado is where our business is located. Yeah, I appreciate you saying that, you know, because I mean, I also, I'm a little biased, right? I'm from LA and, you know, we've been doing this for a long time, but point being is, you know, it is, Colorado has, uh, was the first place to take that step, ground zero in that regard in the legal, you know, adult use market. And uh, and it's been great, you know, I think we took a lot of missteps in that regard, California did, and, you know, I'm hoping uh, other people are learning in those regards as well. Um, but, uh, but cool, you know, obviously, you know, like I said, I've been doing this for a long time, take me back you know, all the way back to, to the beginning and, and, you know, your relationship with cannabis and, uh, you know, that journey that's led here to, to diesel hemp and everything you got going on today. Sure. You know, I, um, I, I've definitely had a, a long relationship with this cannabis plant, uh, ups and downs, you know, some of the best times of my life, some of the worst times of my life, uh, you know, had it all, lost it all. But I, you know, I started growing when I was about 15, you know, obviously I didn't really know what I was doing, you know, kind of had the, the, the plant in my parents' attic. And then uh, when I moved out, I had some plants. I, I don't know how many times I got my plants stolen, uh, you know, just being a young, dumb kid. <laughs> but when I, when I <laughs> right? you know, just, you know, especially, gosh, that was what in, uh, you know, early 2000s. But then when I really got into it is when I moved up to uh, the University of Florida and started going to college. Um, I, I, I had a, uh, someone that I looked up to as one of my good friends, brother, who was growing for a long time. And, and I, I took over a grow house and, uh, you know, kind of, you know, just kind of like that, that, that co-op type thing. And, and it was good for a while until I got in trouble, then it wasn't so good, you know, and then, uh, yeah. luckily enough, I was in college and I didn't get in too much trouble as far as like, you know, having felonies on my record, but, uh, you know, I got right back into it. And had multiple grow houses, and uh, by the time I graduated uh, University of Florida, uh, you know I had quite a bit of money put away, had a ton of grow equipment. So I moved back down to South Florida and uh, started growing again, and it kind of was getting bigger and bigger. And uh, had some friends get in trouble, you know, some real trouble, uh, guns and drugs, two things that just don't mix. You know, I mean, if if you're going to grow weed illegally, do not have guns because the ch all the charges change, right? Um, so I ended up moving up to uh, North Carolina, the Asheville area, 
and uh, you know had four or five homes with some friends and family and and then uh then i got in real trouble you know uh the i uh, i caught a, i caught a fed charge um ended up doing a little bit of federal time luckily it wasn't hard time you know it, it was camp because i you know again i didn't have any i wasn't a violent criminal didn't have any weapons but uh you know i, I think looking back I'm, I'm i feel blessed you know I'm, I'm glad the way things happened because i had a good run right i had, I had a 15 year run of, of of growing uh cannabis illegally and uh -huh. kind of supporting my my young dumb uh lifestyle right um you know you know kind of like that og player lifestyle which you know i thought it was cool but it's not so cool when you get in trouble. <laughs> well, it was cool until we got caught, right? You know, it's definitely exactly. like, it's all dumb. It's all fun. Like, I, you know, looking back, like, I wouldn't change anything for the world, right? Like, it was a good time. But, you know, then, uh, you know, it, I remember when I first started off, some dude was like, man, it better be careful. Everybody gets caught. Everybody gets caught. Just a matter of time. Like, no, dude, I'm chill. And then when it happens, it's like, fuck, you know? But, uh, you know, what are you going to do? Just a matter of, uh, you know joining not being stupid like you said you know the, the the guns and everything else are being a whole different thing on so um so yeah so continue so yeah yeah you know so then uh you know when i was lucky enough i i, I always kept in in school and i got my master's in finance you know my undergrad was at uf my master's was at uh, florida atlantic university and uh you know when i when i got out i started doing some uh some consulting for some companies and then i think that was like 2009 or 10 and uh, I flew out to Colorado, you know, uh, maybe like 2011 was, I think, when the Colorado industry took off. And I, and I just, and, I, and I, I went around to some of these grows and stuff. And I just, I was not impressed. You know, I was like, you know, just, you know, growers not knowing what they were doing. Um, I was like, wow, you know, I could really come out here and, uh, and, and do something big. But the problem was, is that I had that felony, you know, so Colorado would not allow me to own a license. So I went to Arizona and in Arizona, if, uh, you know, if you can get a, you can get a license to grow cannabis, even if you're a felon, as long as that felony was growing cannabis, right? Which that makes sense. So I started a, a medical marijuana real estate investment trust. It was, a, it was a public company, raised a bunch of money, took it public. And it was, and it, it was, you know, is, is, is that the right and wrong time? Like, is that the right time? Because like we were one of the first cannabis stocks on, on, on the stock market, mm -hmm. you know, so our stock just took off, you know, it went from like 25 cents to $25. The valuation of the company was like $400 million. It was stupid. Um, but it, it, it got too successful too fast. Uh, everyone got extremely rich on paper. Um, and so I ended up uh, stepping down as CEO because you know, obviously my felony came out and, you know, the shorts were trying to take the stock down and this and that. And I was like, I'll just step down. I don't, I don't mind, you know, kind of just be working behind the scenes, but the partnership fell apart and uh, I ended up uh, leaving that company and moved to uh, Pueblo, Colorado. Um, I actually left that company with, with nothing, uh, you know, a company that one time, you know, was worth 400 million. Uh, I walked out of there with zero. It's nothing but a good story uh, as I tell it now. Well, those are, that's good too, you know? I mean, <laughs> and, I mean, this is great. You know, it, it's crazy, right? I mean, how it's, it's crazy to see it, that transition, right? Where you are here, you know, catching a case and then being the CEO of this publicly traded company, right? All for the same plan, you know, all for the same plan. And, yes. and the thing that at the beginning is this thing where you got to hide and live in this crazy lifestyle and, you know, later on, this is where, you know, investors and everybody wants to come in and jump in. I mean, the hypocrisy on one side is, is, uh, is ridiculous, but on the other side, it's almost like, uh, you know, redemption validating, right. Or, you know, uh, you know, in that regard, right. You know, that's a great point. You know, the, the hypocrisy, because, you know, here I, here I was in, in North Carolina where people are like, Oh, you know, he's a criminal, he's a drug dealer. Um, then I moved to Arizona and everybody wants to give me money. Like, Oh, well, look at his resume. He definitely, he knows what he's doing. Yeah. You know, uh, <laughs> he's a professional. The resume. Yeah, exactly. You know? <laughs> so yeah, that was, that was, that was, that was really interesting. Um, but you know, it, uh, you know, when I, when I left there and I, and I moved to Colorado, when I moved to Pueblo, Colorado, you know, I had a, a ton more of experience starting to do some large scale operations. 
because you know I had the capital from the uh, from the public company to build out some grows. So I learned a lot, which was key. And then when I moved to Pueblo, Colorado, I did some I built some smaller outdoor grows, but then I I, I founded one with my with my partner Alexis, and it was called Los Sueños, and it was um, the first property in Colorado where the MED allowed four licenses to be on one parcel and you know and I, I, I couldn't own I couldn't be on the license but I could own the real estate you know so I could kind of shift uh, revenue to you know rent and make the money that way so I designed this whole property uh, you know four processing houses but one security system one fence system and as we started to develop that property um, that's when I learned about hemp you know uh, I, I was watching charlotte's web you know uh you know grow their company at, you know cbd and and i and i ran some numbers i was like wow i was like they're getting as much for their hemp as we're going to get for our marijuana and i was like you know we should start a hemp company because there's not as much regulations around hemp and so um i raised some money from a, a very uh successful individual um, who was a corporate raider, but uh, he could not be involved with someone that was involved with marijuana. So I ended up selling my my uh, my ownership of Los Sueños back to uh, some other of the founders, and uh, those founders continued to build Los Sueños. Uh, long story short, it ended up on sixty minutes, right? Like this huge, big legal outdoor marijuana grow, and then it sold for seventy five million. Again, another great story, which I did not make a single dollar from, <laughs> you know, so, uh, you know, again, just, you know, good, good story to tell, but I, uh, I went ahead and I, and I started a company called CBDRX and, uh, we, we raised a bunch of money. We, our first year, um, like literally actually the first six months, uh, I, I, I got one plant and I took that one plant and made 130,000 additional plants, you know, cloning the plant to plant in, in, a, in an 80 acre field. And that 80 acre field was just beautiful. And our, our, we, we had some hoop houses that we light depth and we harvested uh, like hundred pounds, you know? And, and so the, now the question is, okay, are, are we going to be able to sell it? So I had a buyer, uh, Open. Uh, they were called Open Vape back then. They changed their name to Open. Uh, they were extremely large vape company in Colorado. Um, they went nationwide and, you know, very, very successful company. And they said to me, they said, we'll take your hundred pounds. We're going to extract the oil and we'll give you three and a half cents per milligram of CBD. And I said, okay, you know, that's fair. So two weeks later, I go to their office, uh, all four owners are there. And they're like, yeah, so we, uh, we got the numbers back. And for your 100 pounds of hemp, we owe you $144,000. <laughs> so they're like, we actually are paying more for your hemp than we do marijuana. Wow. And I was like, you guys made the deal. I didn't even negotiate. So they cut me the check. You know, obviously, all my investors are happy because we have 1,000 pounds coming behind us. You know, we just, you know, sold that for, you know, $1,400 a pound. And what year was you know, this? Um, this would be 2015, I think it's 2015. Oh, nice. Yeah. Sounds so definitely before yeah. 2019, that's for sure. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, this, we, we, we were, you know, one of the, you know, we were right there with Charlotte's yeah. Web and there was a yeah. couple other companies that, you know, were selling the hemp for just, a, you know, $1,000 a pound. You know, when you have 50,000 pounds, that's $50 million. Yeah. Well, the, uh, our, my investor was a corporate raider and, uh, you know, he's just one of those guys that just has to, you know, he just takes over companies, right? That's just what he does. And so he took this company over <laughs> and I said, you know what, that's okay. You know, I'll step down again as CEO. I'm going to go, you know, just breed this and that. And, did and I had get, a non did you get more than a good story for this one, at least. Oh yeah, yeah. I I, um, I ended up having to spend my entire life savings uh, fighting this guy in court oh, to try wow. to be able to just work in the industry. This guy wanted me to sit out of this industry for two years, and 
you know, and he took me, he made me spend all my money and it took me a year and a half to, uh, to get through this. But I, the only, the only thing I could do in the, in, in the hemp industry, the cannabis industry was pet products. And, um, and so, uh, my, myself and my, my partner, Natalie, who used to work with me at CBDRX, we started a company called hemp, my pet. And, you know, we started it with nothing. And we were one of the first uh, CBD pet products on Amazon. And, you know, we got a great start. You know, we were doing, you know, two to 3,000 a day on Amazon. Now, that's good money, right? You know, that's almost a million dollars a year run rate. And uh, so we we're like, yes, you know, things are good. And then we got a call from Chewy.com, which is basically the Amazon of, uh, of pet products, right? Pet food, pet supplies. They're huge. Um, they wanted us to be their first CBD product. They rolled out the red carpet. They flew yeah. us down to their headquarters. Um, you know, we were projecting to do, you know, a million a month with them. The day that we announced our relationship with Chewy.com, their lawyers said, we can't carry this product because it has CBD. In some states, uh, allow, well, CBD was illegal in some states. So they dropped us. Wow. And then as soon as they dropped us, Amazon dropped us. <laughs> so <clears throat> kind of back to the drawing board. Uh, you know, just another one of those great stories. But uh, a lot of adversity, know, man. A lot of adversity you've been able to, you know, overcome, dude. This is like, you know, some person, somebody doing it one time, right? You know, you've just named off a handful of times already that you've been able to come from nothing and go from you know it just that speaks you know you as a person you as a business person you know the character you know more more so than anything sure you know like 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 i said you know a, a lot of ups and downs um you know i just i just feel that you know i'm supposed to have a relationship with this plant mm -hmm. you know and and and, and it's just been a, a very long road um you know to get to the point where i can consider myself you know successful you know, where I don't have to worry about money again, um, where I can actually do what I want instead of doing what I need to do. Um, but, I, you know, like you said, like, you know, I wouldn't change anything for the world. Um, you know, er everything's happened the right way and everything's kind of happened for the reason. And obviously everything's happened the way that it's supposed to happen. But um, that's the yeah, only way you can have, that's the only attitude you can have to, to keep going and do it again and do it again, right? I think that people are like, shit dude i got screwed over like you could have just you know when that that corporate raider came in and just took over you could have said like fuck that guy fuck this whole thing i'm i'm over this you know what i mean and having that kind of mentality but you're like no dude let's go let's go let's go again you know everything's happening for a reason and i think that's you know from what i hear that's what's separating you you know yep hey uh Maynard, let, let's pause for a second i'm gonna, I'm gonna jump upstairs real for quick sure sounds good for sure Paul, right now. So yeah, so um, here, hold on. Actually, I'll pause it. Yep. There we go. Cool. So yeah, you know, so again, obviously, you know, you know, a lot of ups and downs. Um, you know, the one thing that I, I feel like that I've been blessed with is just kind of having, you know, a a crystal ball in this industry, and oh. in you know, just kind of being able to look outside the box, think outside the box, you know, see, you know you know, what's new and unique that, you know, we could think about and, and, and create a product and bring it to market. And, you know, what about, you know, and how, how do you create, create value? And, you know, it was, um, you know, it was when I started to hemp my pet, I used to, uh, I used to like to buy domain names, you know, just, uh, it's kind of like a hobby. <clears throat> and there was one domain, <laughs> do you buy, do you buy, Domain names too. I got a, I got a few. I got a few. I got a I got a buddy who just like has a million of these things. I'm like, what are you gonna use them for? He's like, dude, you never know, you know. And he has a little side business, you know, whatever. It's so funny, but yeah. <laughs> so I was I was looking for a domain. Um, I think uh, cbdcrystal.com, and the there was a, a gentleman that owned it who lived in uh, Humboldt County, and he owned it for, gosh, I think like four years prior to me looking at looking for it and i was really intrigued by like why was someone thinking about cbd crystal you know in 2011 or whenever he, he purchased it you know like you know what um 
you know, what, what, what's this guy doing? And so I, I reached out to him and it turns out that he was a breeder and he was an introvert, uh, super nice guy. And he was creating high CBD marijuana strains um, that he was growing uh, high CBD flour for, for patients. You know, this is Humboldt County. And I was like, wow. I was like, you know, that's, 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 that's pretty cool. He's like, yeah. He goes, I have a strain called Abacus. And Abacus was OG Kush, Purple Lurkle, and the land-raced hemp strain. And it, was, uh, it, it wasn't hemp just yet, but it was on its way, you know, with a little bit more breeding, mm-hmm. um, working that strain. I, I, I was like, wow, I think I could get, breed this and, and make this a hemp strain. Long story short, I ended up buying the rights to Abacus um, from this gentleman. And I, that's when I really started breeding. And, uh, you know, at, at first we were just, we were making some seed. Um, we, we, were, we were selling seed and back in uh, you know, 2016 to 2017, there weren't that many uh, hemp strains on the market. And Abacus was unique. It was purple, it was sticky, it was stinky. You know, it looked and smelled just like, you know, some high grade marijuana. So, you know, while we're doing the Hemp My Pet, um, we created a, uh, a seed company called Colorado CBD Seed. And uh, the, the, the following year, like when, when hemp really took off, you know, people were buying, you know, you know um, buying, you know, non-feminized, I mean, feminized seed, uh, you know, for a dollar a piece, you know, and, and you're making, you know, a million or two million seeds in your greenhouse, you know, things were going well. And so Abacus is kind of what put myself and my business partner, Natalie, um, you know, on the map when it comes to genetics, you know, and that's when I really started to learn about, you know, what it takes to create different genetics, you know, because it's not just crossing two plants, you know, especially if you're trying to create, uh, you know, hemp cultivars with, uh, with different terpene profiles. Because, you know, at the end of the day, you know, the, the terpene profile is really what makes a cannabis strain unique, you know, whether, when I say cannabis, I'm referring to hemp and marijuana, because the cannabinoids, whether it's THC, CBD, CBG, those are all the same, right? No matter who grows it, you know, when you look at like CBD isolate or distillate, it's all a commodity, you know, but the real value of cannabis is, is in the terpenes. So, I really was intrigued. I thought, wow, you know, I think, uh, you know, th- these strain specific terpenes and these terpene profiles, you know, could be, you know, farmed and, and extracted and used to create strain specific products, you know, uh, not just CBD or THC. So we, uh, you know, we spent years, you know, developing some genetics strictly focused around the, the smell and taste of the plant. Um, I mean, that's, that's key right there, right? I mean, you know, just in terms of terpene profiles are really what make a cannabis strain unique. You know, I think, you know, like you said, whether it be the, the, the cannabis side, the marijuana side, the hemp side, right? It's, it's these terpenes. And I think, you know, we're coming from a place where over maybe the last decade, you know, maybe a little bit more, right? The focus has just been on this potency thing, right? Like sure. how much THC can we like put in this, right? whether it be flour, whether it be concentrated, whatever it is, right? It's just a matter of like how much, you know, how high can we get people or that's what really what people are looking for. I mean, and you doing this for 30 years, right? And, and later on, maybe, you know, getting the hang of this, of the breeding thing, right? I mean, do you see that people are really liking that? Or do you feel like it's like, we still have to like educate people in that regard. And, you know, I think so many brands, they just, like I said, they just want to like, potency 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 is you know is it something that we as connoisseurs are kind of the ones who are kind of pushing or is this something that you're seeing from the consumer side um as well that they're that they're wanting as well you know great question and when i look at it from a a business you know objective and i think about you know you think about the entire let's you know united states like you know how many people are really just you know wanting to just get super high you know all day long you're looking for the most thc like to me that's that's the that's the the smallest segment segment of the potential cannabis market yeah you know i'm looking 
at it from the, you know, I want the people who want to use cannabis um, as, uh, uh, you know, preventative maintenance, you know, as health benefits. Um, you know, maybe they're using it for anxiety, depression, whatever. Like, I'm not trying to go after the people that just want to get high because it's that, that market's small and it's saturated and it's also regulated. Um, and, you know, so like, I'm like, okay, so how do I create products that, you know, people will use every day? And, you know, that's when, you know, we continue to focus on, well, you know, obviously we had diesel hemp, which, you know, we haven't talked too much about, but, you know, diesel hemp is a recreational hemp company um, that focuses on strain specific products, you know, mainly flour, some vape. Um, I, I'm, I, I hate to say Delta eight, cause I'm just not a big Delta eight fan, but it's something that we have to do uh, just to kind of keep our business afloat while we develop these new products, which, you know, are the ones that we're really focused on. And that's these diesel beverages, right? And these diesel beverages are, uh, you know, beverages, you know, we have sparkling water, we're gonna have a cold brew coffee, we're even going to sell concentrates to people that want to, you know, put it in their own smoothies, drinks, mocktails, cocktails, and all those beverages contain are uh, the, the, the terpene, the strain specific terpene profiles from our in-house genetics. And so no CBD, no THC. What people don't realize is that the terpenes, and I know, you know, like you will feel them. Like you, you, you're not going to get high, but you will get that tingle, that sensation. You, and you, you know that you're using a cannabis product, right? There's no question the about what's in it. Right? They all affect each other. I think that's really yeah. when we talk about, oh, sativa, you know, indica. What we're really talking about is the terpene profile and how it makes you feel, what it does for you. Right. Like you said, like I could just take like drops of THC. That's not going to do the same thing as it would and having a full, uh, you know, profile, right. Or just taking a CBD isolate, right. It's not going right. to do what it's going to do for my body, you know, and, mm -hmm. and having everything in there and, you know, how you can really vary that and how you can make it even specific to each person or, you know, definitely the strain as you, as you, you know, as you, as you're doing. You, you're absolutely right. And then, you know, when, you know, when I, when I say, you know, terpene profile, that also includes like the alcohols, the esters, the uh -huh. ketones, the uh -huh. flavonoids. And there's also, there's, there's hundreds of other compounds that are still, have not been identified yet. And so, you know, and, and what's great is that no one's even talking about this. There's no regulations around it. You know, like people are like, oh, terpenes, you know, with us, you know, focus in on, on CBD, which, you know, CBD still has regulations around it. And each state is different. You know, and, and there's a whole conspiracy that I theory that I have that, you know, big pharma is, 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 is getting their hands around CBD. You're, you're already starting to see um, patents and trade. You can't even get a trademark on a CBD product, which is mind blowing. It's not a conspiracy. Um, so, right? I mean, it would be conspiracy you know, if it wasn't true, right? You know, you see this, like you said, you know, all the blocking so much research that that's the reason why we can't pass laws and why we can't do this and why people still need to be stigmatized and all these kind of things when really, you know, who's, who's usually funding all these, you know, research, it's pharma, right? And pharma has a, a lot to lose in this regard. So they weren't like, okay, cool, let you in, but we're going to get our patents in here first. You know, we're going to make sure that we get everything that we need yep. because when we roll it out, we're going to do a big time, you know, and then all of a sudden watch Sigma is going to be gone right away because they're going to have some groundbreaking study that they can come out with and roll everything out with and everybody needs to get on it right away. You know, meanwhile, here we are, you know, still trying to uh, rub two stones together to try and get people to, uh, to see the fire over here, you know? Very, very, very true. Um, did you cut, is your mic still on? Yeah, yeah, is this, can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, good, we're good. So, yeah, so, you know, again, you know, thinking way outside the box, you know, uh, you know, developing, you know, obviously we're, we're, we're breeding for, for, for different strains, cultivars, you know, uh, you know, right now, I think we have about 13, you know, different, you know, quote unquote flavors, strawberry, chocolate, vanilla, uh, cherry, lemon, um, wintergreen, mango. But what else is, is unique about these terpene profiles? You know, not, not everyone can, can grow it and harvest it. It's not like CBD. You don't just grow a field of it, chop it down and then extract it. Like these terpenes are, they're volatile, right? Mm -hmm. And if you don't dry and cure it properly, they're gone. They're toast. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, you'll never get them back. 
Um, you know, so it, and, and that's nice because it, it, it creates a barrier to entry. Like, you know, your, your terpene yields and your terpene profiles are, you know, kind of a gauge on how good of a grower you are. Um, whereas if you're just growing for CBD, man, you can just go Johnny Appleseed and harvest a bunch of hemp, dry it in the fields, extract it with, with alcohol, and you can have yourself some CBD. But it's that's what I think than- all these guys were thinking that they're going to do, right? I think just so many people that, you know, during the green rush, right? You know, you're talking about how you're $1,000 a pound, right? That's definitely not what was happening in 2019 when everybody and their mother thought, hey, you know what? I can grow CBD, whatever. What's the problem? Anybody could do it, right? And yep. then they figure out pretty quickly you can't for a lot of reasons. And one of them being that, right? You, they're just, you know, first of all, you know, saturating the market, but second of all, you know, it's just, where are they actually growing? What's the actual product they're putting out there? And then when people have that in their hands, they think, well, this is CBD, this is shit. Well, this is hemp, you know, what is this? Right. And then they just have all this stuff and okay, fine, biomass, and we're gonna sell it for this. And then, you know, it just kind of uh, disru- disrupted uh, what you've been doing, right? What you've been doing the right. last years. Yeah, no, very true. And it, and it kind of made a bad name for it because at the end of the day, the consumer, you know, they're, they're buying these CBD products and, and most of them are, are, are shit. You know, I mean, and they don't get any effect or they don't, you know, it doesn't help with whatever they're taking it for. And so they're most likely not going to buy it again. You know, so, the, you know, the, the, the education um, part of this whole process is still way behind. You know, people just don't know, but they'll still try it. And then if it doesn't work, they just give up on it. So, yeah, that's that's definitely one hurdle that we still have ahead of us, <laughs> creating a product with no CBD or THC in it that, you know, the, these beverages, they, they taste like cannabis. There's, oh. there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Um, lot, you know, there are a lot of people that love it because, you know, obviously people like the taste of cannabis. Some people are just like, that is not for me. But, you know, think about, you know, kombucha. When kombucha first came out, like, a drink that tastes like vinegar, right? Like imagine the first one, like here, you try this. People are probably like, why in the world? Add it out. This thing's gone sour, man. This thing is, uh, this thing went bad, dude. Why are you giving me this? Like, no, dude, it's great. I, I made it. And you know, and now it's a whole subculture, you know, subculture. Yep. Yep. So that's what I think, you know, we're starting to notice with, with, uh, with our drink. Um, the nice thing is that they have two, it's two ingredients. It's either, terpenes and water or terpenes and coffee or just the terpenes to make your own drink you know we we sell some of the terpenes to bars and restaurants so they can make cannabis cocktails but in the long run we want people to use it as a dietary supplement like you go into the gym you know take some lemon abacus terpenes which came from lemon haze which has limonene and myrcene in it which gives you energy right or um you know, you, you want to relax, you know, take some uh, Abacus Diesel, which is OG Kush terpenes, you know, put it in some water or put it in a drink, it'll help you relax. And, you know, we are starting to see those effects from people, some of this placebo, I'm sure, but at the end of the day, you know, these are, you know, true strain specific cannabis products to fit people's everyday needs. Wow, no, amazing. I mean, so talk to me more about, you know, where are you guys with diesel uh with diesel beverages because you know i mean we can get into diesel ham too because you guys have amazing products and uh, you know something that caught my ear uh earlier was when you're talking about d8 right and d8 has just become this like it's the new wild west and it's new you know like you said it's it's just something that you're not necessarily agree with and, and it's funny right it's something that when it came in i was like i don't know this isn't a, such a great idea you're just you know spraying the shit down and you know, how is this stuff even happening? And now we have HHC and THCO and THCV. And, you know, you just go down the line of, of you know, D10 and everything else. I mean, uh, it counts, runs kind of counter, you know, to what we believe in a lot of ways with cannabis, right? You know, in terms of growing and everything and wellness. And, and, uh, and is this just kind of like a runaway train? Or is this something that you think is here to stay or something that you think is a fad? Or where do you hold on all this stuff? And then, because uh, I want to talk about you know, what you guys are doing that's, that's uh, so separate from all that. No, sure. You know, so, you know, obviously I'm, you know, I'm pro cannabis. I'm, I'm pro the plant, you know, I'm pro, you know, cannabinoids and terpenes. But, you know, when, you know, again, it's, it's going back to, you know, the customer base, you know, people are creating these, these D8, these D10, these even these, you know, legal D9 products, mm-hmm. all with that customer base that's just looking to get high, which cool. I mean, I get high. 
But to me, like, that's not the customer that I want to go after, you know, I mean, and it's, it's another race to the bottom because, you know, Delta 8 is made from CBD. Um, the price is just continually dropping. Um, you know, you, I, I don't feel like you're going to get, you know, lifelong, you know, lifelong customer base. It's, you know, it's, it's being sold in, in smoke shops and stuff like that. Again, like we're trying to sell our products in, in, in Whole Foods and grocery stores, uh-huh. Uh-huh. you know, in, 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 in you know, drug stores. Like, you know, we're trying to get, you know, the, the, the adults, the parents, the soccer moms that you know, want to have this in a fridge and, and they want to drink it every day. The D8 stuff is, uh, you know, it's, I mean, it, you, well, you're starting to see it state by state again, right? It's, it, it's so funny when you look at regulations from a state and a federal level, like, you know, states will adopt certain federal guidelines, like the USDA guidelines for, you know, cultivating hemp now. Just about every single state has adopted those guidelines. But D8, which comes from hemp, state by state. Colorado, you can't sell it. Um, you can produce it but you can't sell it in Colorado why because it competes with the marijuana industry right the marijuana industry is regulated and taxed they're making a big fuss because you know you know someone could just go into a gas station and buy a vape pen for 10 bucks why would they go to a uh, dispensary you know so you know you see all this conflict between state and federal regulations which has been going on forever um but uh I don't know you know it's just uh, it's it's really not you know, I, the, the last thing I want to do is grow some great cannabis, you know, which is hemp and then spray it with Delta eight. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. what's, what's the point? Yeah. Um, and so I, I just, I, I do not like that. You know, I think that, you know, Delta eight might have its place, you know, um, you know, in, in a, in a tincture form or vape form or whatever else, you know, I mean, I just, uh, I just think it's just, it's, it just ruins the flower. So, but you know, again, it's, it's just, uh, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a big fan. You made a great point there, you know, in terms of, you know, uh, kind of that, uh, lowest common denominator, so to speak, and not, you know, not to knock anybody who, who loves D8 or anybody who's selling D8 or anything like that, but you know, there's no loyalty in this, right. When there's just like, you can just start a brand and you can just go and get it out there. You know, there's nothing there that differentiates one from another really, you know, and it's just people fighting over the same kind of market in that regard, you know, and I think that that's really, you know, what makes diesel uh, so unique, you know, is that you're always like looking for that cutting edge, right? And you, you mentioned briefly about, uh, you know, the drinks, um, you know, and you also coming out, you know, water, coffee. I mean, talk to me about that future. Where are you guys in that process? You know, when, when can I get some diesel drinks? Where can I get them? Sure. No, great question. And it's funny, you know, we did our we did a, a, a first like small R&D run, you know, maybe a year ago. And, you know, I've been, you know, basically going door to door, right. You know, trying to, trying to sell these drinks and, you know, everyone was like, no, 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 no. And I'm thinking, I'm like, okay, well, I, I, I mean, like, you know, most people would just give up and like, no one's ever going to buy this drink, but I'm like, okay, well, this is great because, you know, here I am. I, I have the most unique drink out there. Right. I have zero competition. Right? There's no one else doing this. So all I have to do is crack the market, right? The beverage market, you know, the, the entire beverage market is almost like a trillion dollars, right? And then functional beverage, like it's, it's just hundreds of millions. It's, it's, you know, you don't need a very big piece of that market. And again, the, the, these beverages, since they contain no CBD or THC, all ages can drink it. All states can sell it. All stores can oh, wow. carry it. But I just have to get it in there, right? So luckily enough, in my backyard, um, is a Anheuser-Busch distributor uh, that the president is Philip Bush, uh, whose dad was David Bush, uh, one of the sons of Adolf Bush, the founder of Anheuser-Busch. And a year ago, I finally got a meeting with him and I put my diesel drinks in front of him. And he's like, okay, well, why would somebody drink these drinks? Mm -hmm, And I I said, well, open one up and try it. And he did. And luckily enough, he is (laughs) pro-cannabis. And so... He's like, that is good. And I'm like, there's reason number one. I'm like, what do you think of the, the design and the name? He's like, it's pretty damn cool. I'm like, there's reason two. <laughs> and then I'm like, would you carry this? And he's like, yeah. I'm like, well, there's reason three. Like, I just gave you three reasons why this drink will be successful. Um, and, he, and, he, and he laughed. And, uh, and that was a year ago. And just, uh, gosh, I think it was just two weeks ago, we announced it. Because... They're a huge company, you know, and uh, 
and we're a, you know, we're, we're a very small company and, but uh, they placed their first order. And so, you know, we are in the process of shipping our first shipment to them. But, uh, but at the same time, um, I was able to get the products on Amazon, which again, Amazon. Oh, because there's no CBD. Now you can, you know, th- this is actually something where you can go with. That's amazing. Exactly. And, but I get kicked off six times because Amazon's like, you know, first off, you can't say the word cannabis. Like when you're describing your product, you say cannabis, you're out. So, um, and then they didn't, they're like, wait, they, you know, they're like hemp terpenes. And so, you know, finally I sent them them test results and finally they, 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 they allowed us to stay on, you know, we don't sell a ton on Amazon right now only because we're still shipping uh, you know, it's, it's not Amazon Prime, so we ship from our own place, and we don't even really make money on the beverages being sold on Amazon, but people shop on Amazon, right? And uh, so, you know, we do have some sales, which, you know, is, is good, but it, it just kind of, you know, makes, it's a, it's, it's a validity, right? It's like, okay, we are on Amazon, we can sell. So, yeah, I mean, so we literally just got launched. We have a, a new flavor, which we're going to announce pretty soon. I, I don't want to spill the beans on, on, on the show, but it's, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's called uh, Pinot G, right? And it basically what we did is we took our grape abacus um, and bred it to taste like a white grape. So it's like, it's, it's like a white wine spritzer. Now, it's still cannabis, but it's light. It's refreshing. I think that cross marketing of a sparkling cannabis water called Pinot G is going to get people to try it. And, you know, we'll need about, you know, one out of every hundred people who try it to go back and buy it. So, you know, we're, we're, we're pretty excited to, uh, to, to launch that, that new flavor. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> wow. wow. Amazing. Mazalto too. You know, this stuff takes time, right? You know, we're talking about Anheuser-Busch you know, and, uh, you know, they got a lot of moving parts, obviously. So, you know, a year later, I'm surprised it even took that quick, you know, in this regard. So um, a lot of, dude, that's, that's amazing though. And, uh, you know, really uh, shows the innovation there and taking something that you love, taking something that you've been doing for so long. And, you know, a lot of times we're talking about terpene profiles and how we have to focus on this. You took out the terpene profile and put it into a beverage and you're like, dude, forget the cannabinoids, bro. You, You know, we can, uh, we can focus on this and there's something here and you ran with it. Right. I mean, I think, you know, uh, many years ago, right. If you would have showed somebody a, uh, uh, a white claw, people would have said, why would somebody drink that? Why would somebody drink hard seltzer? Like that's stupid. you know, why don't I just pick up a beer, you know, and yep. now you see how that's disrupted the whole industry. And now everybody's got to have a seltzer it's the same kind of thing, right. You know, it only takes one and you know, that's what takes separates, uh, you know, the winners, right, is, is that that vision, right, that, that um, you know, that character, you know, overcoming adversity and sticking with it and, and being able to, you know, go when people are saying no. And that's what we have here, man. I'm super excited to hear this and definitely excited to hear more good news, you know, coming from Diesel for sure. Yeah, you know, I, I love another word that you just said, disruptor. You know, I mean, that's what we're trying to do is, is create a, a product that's going to disrupt the beverage market, right? And you don't do that by doing what everyone else is doing. You know, you, you have to do something that no one else is doing. And then you have to go in there and you, you, you create a market, right? Because there is no market for it. So you're actually creating a market. But we know, you know, I mean, you know, people nowadays are more into their health and well-being more than ever. Alcohol sales are falling. That's why you're seeing all these NA beverages starting to really catch fire. But, you know, with, with ours, it's like, hey, you know, uh, here's something that is cool, right? Our drinks are cool. Diesel water, uh, which, you know, obviously my, my partner, Natalie, did a phenomenal job, you know, uh, de- de- developing the brand and, and making it look really, really cool. But um, it's, it's, it's healthy. It's healthy. It's cool. It's something you could drink at a party. You could drink it at a bar. Like, you know, you could, you know, you're drinking, you're still drinking the cannabis drink, you know, so, but you, you don't have to worry about getting drunk or DUI or, you know, look, I mean, I, I, I don't like to drink all the time anymore, you know, so, uh, you know, if I, I can drink one of these and, and feel good about what I'm doing and not worried about being high or being drunk and kind of go on with my day. You know, and it really is an alignment with, uh, <laughs> with Gen Z and what they got going on because, you know, it's a whole nother thing, right? They don't, they don't even like alcohol, right? Just across, the, right. Not, not, you know, just a blanket statement like that, but, you know, just in terms of, 
you know, what we were doing when we were 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20 in our 20s, you know, it's not the way the Gen G's con conducting themselves, you know, and they do have a much bigger love of cannabis and all that fun stuff. And this is now something, a product, I think is something that, you know, they can uh, latch on to, you know, maybe some dude, you know, is in 50s, just not going to get it, you know, in their 60s, whatever, you know, and that's, uh, but it's definitely something when people didn't get, like I said, a White Claw, you know, that started off in some frat somewhere that they started getting cases of White Claw and then it just spread from there, you know, became a yep. cultural, uh, social phenomenon, you know, and that's really all it takes, you know, in that regard. So um, really, really exciting stuff. Thank you. Yeah, it's been a lot of work. <laughs> oh, amazing, amazing. Now, uh, you know, in terms, in terms of that, Ryan, I know you mentioned, you know, dude, a lot of hard work here, like you said, and you mentioned you know, knocking on doors and picking up and phone calls and hearing a lot of no's and hearing doors slamming on your face in that regard. And, you know, it doesn't seem like it's been easy, right? You had a lot of adversity, all these kind of stuff going on, but you've been successful in all these different places where you've been, right? You found a lot of success, right? I guess, you know, in terms of diesel, when I mentioned, you know, strategies that maybe you're, you've used or that you're using now to grow your business, what are some of the best strategies that come to mind uh, other than maybe what we've, we've mentioned, or is it just kind of that, you know, just like put in, you know, uh... yeah, yeah, you know, I mean, that, that, that's a great question, you know, and it's, um, you know, just that whole, you know, you know, you're basically creating your own market, you know, you know, thinking outside the box, um, trying to get into places that don't want to carry it. Uh, you know, it's, um, and it, it takes time, it takes, you know, you have to educate, you know, but at the same time, what's nice about our product is that there's, there's history, there's lineage, there's traceability, you know, you can trace these beverages back through the genetics all the way back to Humboldt County, where I first bought, you know, the Abacus strain cultivar. Um, I, I use that word interchangeably because the correct word is cultivar, but everyone knows the word strain. Yeah. And so, you know, there's, there, there's a story behind our brand. So it's not just a, hey, I got a great idea for a drink. You know, let's make, you know, let's take some, you know, some, uh, some soda water at 50 grams of sugar some flavoring and put some CBD in it. And now I got a CBD drink. That's not it. You know, so I'm hoping that, you know, people will realize that, you know, as they look into our company, you know, and see that, okay, you know, this is a, a real company, real product, you know, they de developed it over time. And again, you know, there's traceability and, and there's a lineage and it's, and it's cannabis and it's healthy and it's fun. Someone used that word. They, they tried it the other day. They're like, this drink is fun. I'm like, I like that. <laughs> you know? So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm always like, I'm, I'm the biggest fan of strain specific products, whatever product, you know, a cannabis product that a company is going to do, you, I think you should have it be in one way or another strain specific. This way people know what they're taking. You know, there's a, you know, you can point back to the strain, the cultivar and, you know, you, you know, they look at, oh, you know, you know it's it has these terpenes and these cannabinoids and maybe that's why it makes me feel this way or that way like you know, don't i mean these these fly by night cbd and thc products i don't know i just you know they're, they're fads and you know there's there's a market for them but it's too small of a market for for me and it's it's too saturated you know we we, we want to develop something big you know, we want to build it and sell it and uh you know and, and potentially take it you know worldwide because again these beverages can be sold all around the world because they don't contain cannabinoids. Yeah, no. And I, I think that's such an amazing point. You know, when everybody wants to do the same products that everybody else is making, I mean, you're just looking for a cut of that, that market, right? I mean, you here are creating your own market, you know, and you've done it there before in the past, you know, like, like you said, when you got into the, you know, uh, pet CBD, it wasn't this place where it is now, right? That was a brand new market. And that's why Chewy was coming after you, you know, and whatever happened with that deal. And I don't know. I mean, it's just, it's an amazing, amazing story and amazing accomplishment in and of its own right. You know, and the same thing going on here, you know, that's, that's, I think what changes, you know, somebody who's just like a business owner from like, you know, a, a real entrepreneur, innovator, you know, somebody who's creating something that hasn't been seen before and has that vision. And like you said, you know, having that cannabis crystal ball, you know, and uh, it's, it's something that you can teach, right? I think it's something that, uh, you kind of have and you know you can you can i'm sure uh you've uh you've helped it grow right you know and, and sure. you've, you've cultivated that you know you've cultivated as well the the trust in that and that vision as well but it's definitely a, a great gift and a skill to have for sure 
um you know we have uh, i guess on on the opposite right on the opposite side right like what is you know you already mentioned you know hearing all these no's right and having this new place that people don't even know what it is and having this education barrier is there anything else you know that you you see as like just a big obstacle that you guys are facing in terms of getting your brand out there and kind of how are you able to overcome that hmm um you know, I, I mean, gosh, it just seems like everything's an obstacle at this point, right? I mean, well, you know, you, you, here's another obstacle in the beverage industry is that you really don't make any money unless you're doing volume, right? Um, and you can only do volume if you have big purchase orders, you know, because, you know, when, like, we just did a run of 100,000 cans. And, you know, when we go to sell it to the, the distributors, you know, you know, maybe we make a, a dollar a can. Um, you know, but that's not even, you know, in, you know, counting all the transportation costs and, and, you know, giving away cans for free and, and, and sales incentives and stuff like that. So the, the beverage industry, um, you know, it, it, it's difficult because you have to have a lot of money behind you and then you have to be able to move that product. Um, so, you know, the, the, these, it's, it's a huge barrier to entry to, to crack that, you know, that crack that market, the beverage market just in general. And obviously with the cost of transportation going through the roof, the cost of aluminum going through the roof, um, it's squeezing the margins. And, you know, we, and we're, we're talking about pennies now. So it, we're, we're fighting for pennies. Um, but again, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm really hoping that, uh, you know, just, you know, you know, having like an Anheuser-Busch house, uh, you know, get behind us and, you know, I'm going to help them be successful. Like I'm literally down here, I'm going to be helping them sell that product because I want it to be, successful so you know i'm uh, i'm gonna do whatever i have to do once again to make sure that this product sells so you know they reorder and then they they, they call their, their 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 friends and their family who have distributors and be like you need to pick this product up you know um you know a great the one of the most recent examples of a company that did that they're not cannabis but uh it's an energy drink company called celsius they were actually started right around the corner from us mm -hmm, and, mm -hmm. you know yeah they struggled, 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 struggled. And then they finally got some real money behind them and some marketing dollars. And they just, uh, you know, their last round of financing, they got, you know, a half a billion dollars from Pepsi at a $7 billion valuation. And, you know, what's, to me, what's, which is kind of funny is that, you know, their drink is, is, is good, you know, um, but it's an energy drink where there's a thousand other energy drinks. They all have the same ingredients, right? But, the marketing of Celsius was smart and unique and they, and they did it right. So that's kind of why I'm really, uh, you know, excited about ours because there's, there's no competition. You know, you can't compete against me because you don't have my genetics, you know? So, you know, I have years of breeding to, you know, get these genetics to be hemp, right? Cause we always start with cannabis, THC cannabis, breeding the THC out to create a hemp strain and then extracting the terpene. So it's legal. Well, it's definitely amazing. I mean, that goes back, you know, Red Bull creating an industry and Monster, you know, coming in. You know, there's room once you create these kind of, uh, you know, new industries, like you said, the beverage market, you know, is so huge. You know, there's definitely room for, for competition, but, you know, everybody remembers the first one, you know, especially when you have uh, proprietary things such as the, you know, cultivars and everything you've been working on all these, all these years. Amazing. You know, you obviously this stuff, you've already shared a lot. Um, here, you know, that's, uh, you know, you got exciting stuff coming down the future. Is anything else maybe they haven't shared with us that you have uh, coming down the pipeline that you're excited about that maybe you can mention here? Sure. I think that, you know, what I'm most, uh, you know, what I'm excited about next is, is the concentrates, right? The, the ability, you know, we're going to sell basically like, you know, one ounce uh, terpene concentrates uh, that are water soluble, which uh, are much more, um, you know, uh, cost effective for the individual, for the customer. And we, we higher margins for us because it doesn't contain all the water and it's going to allow people to, you know, play with uh, cannabis at home, you know, whether they're making mocktails or cocktails or smoothies or, you know, drinks before they go to bed or drinks before they go to gym, you know, it's, it's, it's a supplement, right. And, uh, you know, and, and I think it can be in, in everyone's household and it can be in the kitchen cabinet because you don't have to worry about your, your kids, you know, stealing your, your weed and going and getting high, like, mm. you know, they're not going to do it because it's not going to get them high, you know? So that's, at the end of the day, we want our products to be in every household and, and, and a part of everyone's everyday life. And uh, so that, 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 that's the goal. And whether it's the water, the, co the coffee is going to be phenomenal. 
you know, because the caffeine, you know, caffeine and cannabis, right? People always talking about blazing up and then drinking some coffee. You know, you kind of get that high and low at the same time. Um, but you know, our our our, our cannabis uh, coffees are, uh, you know, they're they're functional and they're great. We paired the terpenes with uh, light, medium, and dark roast, and they're they're really good. So, yeah, a lot of exciting things coming up. That's great, man. That's great for sure. And like you said, man, I didn't even think about that mocktails, you know, and uh, you know, even being uh, creating cocktails, right? With with it as an ingredient, I think would be uh, uh, something that's uh, will be will be fun and uh, cool stuff to ex- to explore down the line for sure, man. So, um, you know, you've been through so much, dude. Before I let you go, I always I always gotta ask, right? You've been through so much. You've been all the ups and downs. You know, you've seen all this stuff as a business owner. You know, going all the way back, where you know had to uh, keep your head underwater, and now all of a sudden, you know business business all these different things going on right but i know there's always a different things that uh motivate everybody right so talk to me about how you define success whether it be professionally personally spiritually what does success look for you sure you know um that's a great question and you know i'm older now than i obviously am i'm in my my, i'm 40 i think eight and uh you know success is uh you know not having to worry about money and, and being able to spend time with my family you know i uh you know, I always wanted to be, you know, super, super rich, you know, but you know, these days it's, yeah, I want to have money. You know, I, I just, I don't want to have to worry about money. And so I think that is successful. And then, you know, not having to spend time away from my family, being able to watch my kids grow up, which I've already missed a big chunk of it. So once I can do that, I'm going to consider myself successful. Yeah, very good. You know, it's, uh, it's definitely tough, you know, because uh, being an innovator, right you know it's uh it's not cheap being an innovator you know it takes a lot of money as you've, as you've seen to just being able to you know uh, create this line and you know r d and now coming out you know the units and having this just be able to ship out almost for free sometimes the samples you know and all these kind of things but you know all it takes you know you've, you've been through this a lot of times in different iterations you know it takes that one um to blow this thing up so it's uh, definitely exciting times man so Looking forward to hearing a lot, a lot of great news from you. You know, as we close, how can listeners find out more about Diesel Hemp? Find out more about the drinks, um, you know, and uh, and go and cop what you guys got. Sure, you know, I mean, uh, obviously, you know, the the, the websites, uh, you know, dieselhemp.com, dieselwater.com, uh, diesel beverages, which is, it takes you to the same place as diesel water. You know, we've really, you know, have uh, you know locked in on that on that word diesel, right? We're Hopefully in the next 60 days, we're going to own the rights to the word diesel for coffee, tea, and chocolate. Um, we'll be able to use it for, for water. We're negotiating with a diesel SPA, which is a multi-billion dollar clothing company. It's obviously been around since the eighties. Um, you know, they, uh, you know, they, oh, they, they own that word and it's in, you know, not to go into too much detail about it because they've been extremely cool so far, but Listen, when, when you talk about cannabis, you know, diesel, that it's always going to be, you know, synonymous with, with good quality cannabis, you know, whether it's a flower or, or a drink. Um, and then, you know, when, you know, coffee or water, it's, the word diesel in itself is just something that I think, you know, people can consider themselves or whatever they're doing, you know, whether it's going to the gym or, or working or their lifestyle, you know, diesel. So, uh, yeah, you know, we're just, we're, we're, we, you know, that word just kind of encapsulates everything that we're doing. Love it, love it. So yeah, everybody check it out. Diesel beverages, diesel, dieselwater.com. They got amazing stuff and diesel hemp, right? If you want, you know, they got a great hemp here as well. You know, my man's been doing this for 30 years. Um, you know, uh, only place you can get advocates, right? So, uh, so amazing, yep. amazing stuff, dude. I really appreciate you coming on, dude. It's been such a pleasure. A lot of fun hearing all the stories as well. So, uh, you know, thank you for listening. Uh, every well, everybody as well, wherever you are for uh, making us a part of your day. And uh, thank you so much, Mark. Good luck to you the rest of your beyond. Yeah, definitely. Thanks, Mattered, man. Really appreciate it. And uh, hopefully I'll be back on soon with some some more updated stories, right, about... Uh... <laughs> I can't wait. We're going to have to, once this is all in stores, man, we're going to have to do a, uh, an update, you know? We're going to have to do it when you uh, and Bush distributing this all over the country, you know? So Absolutely. Thanks for listening to Dank Discussions. We are so grateful for each and every one of you. Please make sure you subscribe and leave a review. 
We want to continue making dank content you want to hear, so give us some feedback about the topics you want covered. Feel free to reach out to us at grow at calican.com. That's G-R-O-W at C-A-L-A-C-A-N-N dot com. And follow us on Instagram and Twitter for our latest updates.